Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello and welcome to another episode of our Standing on the North Bank podcast. This is a Swansea City uh, broadcast from Wales Online. Um, my name is Matt Davis, got Ian Mitchmore with me again. Um, plenty to talk about, Mitch. Um, not even really too sure where to start. But I think maybe we should go back to the events of the January 31st, um, end of the transfer window. Um, a, a crazy day, really, um, which could have been a lot worse, really, than it eventually was. Remind us who left. We had Jefferson Montero. Yep, so he's gone to West Brom on loan for the rest of the season. Tom Carroll, the same at Aston Villa. And of course, Wilfred Bone, he's gone out to uh, Qatar, to uh, Al Arabi. So by the time he's done and dusted there, his contract will be up. So yeah, just the three in the end. But you know, it's it's, it's by no means a, a positive window keeping hold of another two that I'm sure we're going to discuss in depth very shortly. You know, a victory of sorts really to keep hold of Daniel yeah. James, but I suppose it's the fact really that, that resonates for me that, that, that five players could have gone on deadline. Only three went, but they were quite willing to let five go. Yeah, I mean, you know, some people are talking about it as a positive in the end, which of course it is keeping Leroy Fur and someone, you know, a young talent in Daniel James, but even with that, the three departure, you can't view that as a, a positive window. If anything, I'd look at it on the polar opposite of the scale. You know, you've lost three first team players, and yes, we understand there's this restructuring process and needs must at the end of the day, particularly with you know the certain personnel that went, they haven't played key roles this season. You know, Boney had injury problems, only had seven games, one goal. Um, Tom Carroll was out for best part of three months, I think, or me even more than that. And um, you know Montero had I think it was twelve games, but none of them were starts. So if if you are going to cut the squad, I can kind of understand why it was those. But you know you can't get around the fact that it's it was a, a torrid window. And I say window, it was all done on deadline day. And you know up until seven o'clock on deadline day, there'd been no movement in or out of the club throughout the whole window. It was one of the quietest windows I've I've ever known. Yeah. Um, and it was that you know the last four or five hours where it just went absolutely hectic and. Like you say, it could have been a lot worse, but you know that's not a reason for fans to be cheering. They should be, you know, it's it's a case for answers, really, isn't it? I mean, the Tom Carroll thing was was just in, incredible, really. I mean, obviously, you and I were in contact the whole the whole day, and when when that came around just before the deadline, eleven o'clock deadline, um, I don't know. That was almost the icing on the cake for me. Yeah. When, when that cake, when that news uh, broke, because that had that deal had not been trailed at all. Not at all, no. And bearing in mind, obviously, he'd been out for so long, he'd returned to training about two or three weeks before the day he went. So there was a lot of talk of, you know, when's he going to be fit to return? And, you know, I think that's what everyone was gearing up to. You know, is he going to, bear in mind, Leroy Fur got injured against Birmingham. You know, people thinking, right, Tom Carroll's going to come back against Bristol City in two days, you know, after the window. And, you know, obviously that wasn't to be the case. So, you know, it was one of those where... I think the first people heard of it was when it was formally announced. It was so out of the blue, and you know, it's yeah, it was. It, it really was out of the blue. But keeping Leroy Fur, I mean, I think that was important. Your fans are understandably divided on him because he is a, a hit and miss player. He can have great performances, as we saw at Villa in the cup, but other ones where you know he's it's maybe that consistency. But yeah, you know, it's a tough old window, and 
you know you feel for the fans in many ways and especially Graham Potter as well oh, absolutely I really feel um, and also um, no incomings I mean I don't think anyone was particularly surprised there weren't that many names linked over the month we had um, uh, Lawrence Shanklin from, from Air I think the um, the right back from Atalanta was it um, Timothy Castagna Castagna there, Castagna. there, there weren't many and, and even the ones that were we were sort of quickly being told no go so it was you know it was it's mean, depressing. It really was. It's really, it's, it's really concerning, and it sort of hammers home, and it's a continuation of the poor summer they had. Um, we were, we worked it out, didn't we? That there was. Yeah. So last last nine. summer there were thirteen players who left, plus the three players who left on after the loan deal. So Renato Sanchez, Tammy Abraham, and, and Andy King. So sixteen altogether. And then plus another, another three, three now in Jets. So that's nineteen. Nineteen. No signings in January. Just six signings last summer, and the oldest of them was Barry Mackay, who was 23 at the time. So, you know, you're not bringing in like-for-like replacements. These are players for the future. Um, Yes, he's obviously brought in plenty from the academy, but how much of that is through... I don't want to do anybody a discredit, because they are through merit, because they've warranted the places, but a lot of it was through necessity as well. So, yeah, Potter's having his hands tied and... You know, I think they added another rope round his wrists in January and he's still doing a great job. So yeah, I mean, he he spoke on um, deadline day, didn't he? There was a presser at deadline day and he did seem, mm. I suppose the word, the phrase would be cheesed off mm. with what was what seemed to be happening around him. Yeah. Um, and you can't blame him really either because, he's, as you said, he's having almost having the rug pulled from underneath his, his, his feet as he's, you know, Trying to move this 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 club forward. Yeah, you know, we had the the statement from the Americans back in September, um, talking about the hard medicine that needed to be taken, and you know that happened last summer. It's happened again in January. You know, how often is it going to keep happening? You know, is, is it going to happen again in the summer? By all accounts, it looks like it will. To what extent remains to be seen, because we've heard nothing since Hugh Jenkins's departure, which we'll get onto in a bit. But you know. Fans are in the dark at the moment, and that that's just not on. And like I say, Potter just keeps focusing on matters on the pitch, which, to his credit, he's doing a, a very stable job with, given what he's he's got to work with. You know, he's got a lot of inexperienced players there, and he seems to be getting out the best out of them at the moment. Yeah, so, yeah, it's it's time for answers. That's 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 all I can say, really. It's well, all of, all of this is quite quite muddled, anyway, isn't it? We'll move on to Hugh Jenkins mm. leaving. I mean, obviously, the the wrangle over. Daniel James and the fact that that failed transfer, failed, the transfer didn't go through um, at the eleventh hour. It all seems to be that there was a, a disagreement right at the top table over that, and that's probably the straw that broke the camel's back for Jenkins. Yeah, it looks to be the way. I mean, that three days or so from deadline day was on the Thursday, then the Bristol game was on the Saturday. So, in the space of three days, things had gone from you know. Bear in mind, Swans were unbeaten in January. On the pitch, it was it was excellent. They got through to the fifth round of the FA Cup, some good wins against Villa and Gillingham. And it was really, really positive. And then all of a sudden, that enthusiasm gets sapped with a horrible deadline day. Uh, disappointing defeat at Bristol City. You know, not a, you know, they're a team bang in form. And, and in the end, probably just about had the better quality, although Swansea were right in that game. And all of a sudden, you're talking three days of, you know, Turb- you know, a turbulent time sort of saps all that enthusiasm yeah. that's been built over a, a, a long month. 
Um, and it culminated with Hugh Jenkins resigning. You know, I mean, I can't repeat the chants that were sung at Ashton Gate over the podcast. But, you know, for those that were there and those that have seen the articles I've written, you know, there's a few, several asterisks used in the copy, you know, and they made the voices known and, and, and understandably so. And, and, and in the end, he's, um, he made the decision or was pushed, remains to be seen with that, the statement sort of conflicting statement that came out of the club on the Saturday night after the Bristol game. So but ultimately he has gone and, and here we are just over a week after talking about how the club can, you know, try and move forward and, and yet we're still waiting for answers from those well, three or four thousand miles away in America. The club released a statement on, on Jenkins and they um, late on Saturday evening saying that they wanted to draw a line under a difficult period. Mm. Um, I don't know, I think there's perhaps there's got to be a bit of, uh, as you say, there's got to be answers from, um, from, from the American owners over that and also some, perhaps some responsibility of their role in where the the recruitment issues. I mean, you know, we, people are Hugh Jenkins is a very divisive character. Um, I think it's okay to be to realise that he did a fantastic job uh, early on in his tenure, and the fact that the last few years have not gone well at all. Recruitment has been really poor. Um, some really expensive gambles really haven't paid off. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I thought that that maybe the statement could have sort of alluded or at least accepted that there was um, responsibility needs to be taken by by those still there for the problems that are ongoing yeah absolutely um, you know it was it was very conflicting you read through the lines and you know it's saying he's he's resigned from his post then you're reading the quote saying that he had to go so was he pushed was did he walk it remains clear uh, sorry unclear from from that statement so um, until you get Clarity from Steve Kaplan and Jason Levine. It's um, you know we're we're not going to know the exact ins and outs on that. No, you know, obviously Hugh Jenkins himself is going to keep some things private. You know, he has given interviews since he um, since he resigned, but there's obviously some, only so much he can say. But as for those who are currently at the club, I mean, you know they've, they've spoken about bringing in a not a replacement, but for someone to deal with day to day basis of football operations. And, and Graham Potter spoke last week about. Kyle McCauley, who followed him from Ostersunds in Sweden last summer to, to Swansea. He was named as head of recruitment back then. How much he's been able to do in that role remains to be seen because, you know, it, it looks like he's been not been allowed to recruit. So, um, you know, he's going to take on a lot more of the day-to-day work that is left from Jenkins' departure. Um, but as for, as for everything else and in terms of does someone else come in, it remains to be seen. And, and you know, those conversations are being had behind the scenes. So. Um. Following on from from Jenkins leaving, there was obviously the protest march in mm. Swansea um, last Saturday ahead of the Millwall game. Um, there seems to be sort of a growing mobilisation amongst the fan base, doesn't there? There does, yeah. I mean, you know, especially after the events that we've mentioned, um, you had the the noise, if you want to call it that, at Ashton Gate, which is not, you know, it's nothing new. We heard it when um, Bob Bradley was at the club. We heard it on. You know, after the summer deadline when Swansea beat Millwall, you know there were chants there, and you know they're, they're, they're trying to make their voices heard for for the good of the club, the other supporters, and you know with this protest march before the Millwall game, you know marching from the city centre to the ground, and obviously they were they were stood outside um, the main entrance at the ground before kickoff as well, and you know, there was a decent number. Yeah, it was, was a decent. Yeah, number, yeah, you know I think there were some. We spoke to a lot of fans beforehand, didn't we? I mean, there were sort of 
concerns that it would be a bit of a damp squib. You know, the weather wasn't great, and you know, there's quite a long walk as well. But in 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 credit to those who um, were keen to be a part of that protest, they they went on the march. You know, they they made their voices heard, and and they were seen. And you know, we we were running the um, footage and quotes and everything on on that on our Wales Online blog before the Millwall game, and you know, it was fans are doing their best to get this club back on track really and, and I suppose that's all they can do at the moment really until they hear any more from those above at the club um, uh, Chris Perlman um, <coughs> sort of stood in for Hugh Jenkins in terms of the programme notes mm. he he mentioned the Daniel James deal and said that basically the, the terms were not to their I can't remember the exact term, terminology he used not suitable terms not suitable terms really, yeah. or not acceptable terms but what if then in the summer those terms are acceptable suggests to me that that deal will still go through and any other deals you know mm. and, and for the players that are left behind as well you know you saw certain players commenting on social media on transfer deadline day and, <laughs> um, you know, what, does it, what message does it send out to, to people like like uh, Joe Roden Connor Roberts McBurney you know what's going to happen to them this summer which is I think a, a, a real concern because if it, if anything you know if, if last summer and this and January just gone and there's anything to go by there's going to be further to use the Americans term hard medicine to take yeah that, that that's why there needs to be clarity because until there is you know it's one thing talking about fans being out of the loop and not knowing the full situation but you're talking about the players livelihoods Graham Potter his coaching staff these people you know they'll obviously know far more than the public do in terms of what exactly mm. are the plans, but do they know the full SP on that? It remains to be seen. Um, you know, you, you mentioned some of the names there who have just signed contracts, for example, Roden, Connor Roberts, and, you know, they are in talks with others, which we'll come on to, but, you know, they're, they're pledging their futures to this club and, you know, they deserve yeah. to know what, what where, where the club are going. And, and coming back to that statement you, you touched on from Chris Perlman, Again, it was you know somewhat conflicting. Where one minute he's saying that they had no intention of selling Daniel James, and then you read his quotes and he says the terms weren't agreeable, which suggests, and I don't think I'm reading too much into this, but it suggests that if the terms were agreeable, he'd have been on his way. So again, it's that conflict of what people are saying. You know, it's there needs to be more clarity. There really does. We could almost devote a whole podcast to all these the subjects that we've done so we far. Could. So. But let, let's try and turn to some some happier um, uh, topic of conversation. We'll, we'll turn to the Millwall Millwall game. Um, one nil win um, could have been more, but the they could have also thrown it away. Um, a typical Swansea performance, really, of of this season. They were really impressive in patches, but there was that concern that they could have um, come away with. Um, with less than less than three points. Um, let's talk George Byers. Um, excellent goal. Yeah. Took it well. Um, slight deflection, I think. But um, he's been pre- prepared to take shots as well, which is which is something that um, I'm sure fans will appreciate. Yeah, it's funny you mention that. We were just talking about that before we, we started recording. Um, you know, we, we saw Burst Aunt Selena score a stunner against Gillingham a few weeks back, and. You know, he said after the game, "I just need to shoot more." And that sounds ridiculously simple, but you know, there's been times where Swansea have been in good positions, and they've just not had whether it's the confidence or the belief. I, I I don't know, but you know, they've not had taken shots at goal where maybe they could have. 
George Byers had, I think he had three shots in the first half before his goal, one of which drew a really good save. Um, quite early on, after about 10, 15 minutes or so, I believe, and he was he was actually the, the best threat, I thought. Um, and obviously he has a shot for the, the goal, gets blocked and has another go, and you know, tiniest of deflections, but take nothing away from him. He was he was he was bold enough to, to keep persisting and he got his rewards in the end with you know his first senior goal. So pleasing for him, another an academy product who's probably gonna play more prominent role now. Yeah. He's someone who can adapt as well. Obviously he played in the number ten role a bit higher up against Bristol City. Um, and obviously with Fur still out injured and, and Fulton didn't play against Millwall, it meant Byers played a little bit deeper against Millwall. So, you know, it's a, it's a big positive for Potter having someone who's versatile, can play around the pitch, obviously, which needs to be done when you've got a threadbare squad and you have a few injuries as well. So, no, really pleasing for, for him and, you know, a, another tip of the hat to the uh, to the team at the academy. Yeah, I think that well, Potter um, uh, praised the work of the academy um, earlier at his press conference, didn't he? He did, yeah. Um, yeah. Um, and it's all well, obviously, well, well deserved. I mean, uh, Byers has had to bite, bide his time, hasn't he? I think he started the season with a, with a, with a slight knock and saw players such as uh, Jan Dander get a chance in, mm. uh, in pre season and, and, and Daniel, Daniel James. Um, so perhaps, I think maybe going back this time last year, you know, Byers would probably be ahead of those players, or certainly ahead of James. Um, but he had to really um, wait for his opportunity, and it's good to see that he's now um, getting that getting that chance. Um, okay, um, checks notes. What we've we got here: um, Leeds United. Yeah, back to the uh, controversial stuff. I think it's. Um, I mean, you look at you're looking forward to going up to Ellen Road, aren't you? I am. Yeah, you know, it's it's a big test for Swansea. Yeah. This is a really, really big test, make no mistake. You know, they've had a bit of a blip lately since, coincidentally, since the, the Spygate row and Marcelo Bielsa's presentation. I think they've won only one of four since that all unfolded. But, yeah, it's historically, it's a they're a massive club. Big ground, it'll be a good atmosphere. And, you know, it's... And the uh, lights as well, I can imagine it'll be a great yeah, atmosphere. Night, yeah, no, no TV cameras either. So, you know, it's going to be... There's going to be a lot of focus on Daniel James, obviously, but this is this is a big test for Swansea. You know, some of the other players have got to step up to the mark. You know, depends on uh, who's available. Obviously, we know Ollie McBurney's struggled with an illness, and he started on the bench against Millwall. There's there's a chance that he might not be able to start against Leeds, or it remains to be seen whether he'll be fully fit. He's going to be assessed at the last minute. Wayne Routledge is still struggling with a calf problem after returning at the weekend. And Declan Johns picked up an ankle knock as well, so there's a few concerns. But whoever does come in, it's it's a massive test for them, and you know it's, it's one you've got to relish as a player in the championship at the moment. I mean, it's hard to put yourself in the sort of mindset of another person. Obviously, it's it's it's, almost, it's, it's impossible. But you think with with James going there, he'd he'd want to do well for 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 more than one reason, really. Absolutely, I mean. His personal pride. He's a professional footballer. Yeah. He wants to do well for his club, the club that have had him since was it 2014. His family. You know, there's so much at stake for him. It's, this isn't just a case of all oh, right. You know, it nearly happened. It's okay if my head's not in it. Well, that's just not acceptable. You know, and, and I'm not for one second saying that he thinks it would be. I think if anything, quite the opposite. I think he's going to be bang up for this one. If it doesn't work out for him, and you know, he doesn't have the best of games, well, you know. It is what it is, but I, I don't see it. This whole debacle that unfolded on deadline day affecting him one bit, to be honest. Potter said that you know 
publicly, which he's obviously going to, he's going to defend his players to the hill. And but yeah, it's I, I think it's a big opportunity for him in particular. He was adamant, Potter, wasn't he, that it would it wouldn't be a risk to play him. Mm. Said it would be. He said he'd have no no qualms um, playing him and. and that was shown against Millwall as well, wasn't it? Because he took him out of the firing line against against Bristol, probably a, a, a good idea. But he was right back at it then against the um, against Millwall. Yeah, I mean, you know, he's only twenty one years of age, and this is his first full season in in pro football. Obviously, last year he made his debut against Notts County. Um, was supposed to be at Shrewsbury, but obviously that didn't work out, and he came back without playing a single minute for them. So. It's been tough for him. He's had setbacks and he had his injury in December as well at Derby, I think it was, um, where he missed a couple of weeks. So, you know, he's obviously got a good mindset where he can cope with these setbacks because we saw it against Millwall where he was taken out of the firing line at Bristol, which I thought was a good move for, for all concerned, not just for the Swans, but for, for Potter and particularly for, for James as well, just to get his head over would have been a tough few days, really. Um, and I thought he was very impressive against... Um, against Millwall as he was against Birmingham in the in the game before the deadline day so yeah a lot of eyes on him and I, I expect him to be fine to go I think the only concern was that obviously with the cup game against Brentford on Sunday that it could be three games in a week you know, yeah. he played the full 90 minutes against um, Millwall and you know quick turnaround but speaking to Graham Potter today he didn't have any issues that he'd be um, able to feature up there okay um What's the injury situation? McBurney's possibly struggling. Yeah, so he started on the bench at Millwall. He's still not fully over that, but there's um. He's had. It, he's, he's been ill, has he? Yeah, I suspect he'll be involved. Whether he starts remains to be seen. Um, he'll have points prove it as well at, at, at Leeds. He know, will. So. Yeah, of course he will. You know, it's it's a big opportunity for him. Yeah, he wants to prove. You know, he had his loan spell at Barnsley. He did well. He's had a great season so far with Swansea. And, you know, going up to there, he wants to show that he, he was—he is the real deal, which I think Swansea fans certainly think he is. And yeah, so it's—it'd be interesting to see whether he does feature because you know, give him his credit, Courtney Baker Richardson ran his socks off against Millwall, but there was precious little in the way of end product, which was—I um, wouldn't say concerning, but you know, it, it doesn't fill you with confidence for the future. You know, if, if McBurney was to be out yeah. for the long term. Yeah, we've um, talked about that before, haven't we? We have, yeah, yeah absolutely. And obviously with, with Boney going as well, you know, they are down to the bare bones up top. So, yeah, I think I think McBurney will play in some part. And then elsewhere, as I said, 50-50 on Declan John, as Graham Potter said today, with an ankle problem. So and, it could fair, and Fair's out as well, isn't he? Fair's still out, yeah. Um, he's in good mood. I think Potter spoke to him yesterday. Uh, players haven't trained on Sunday or, or today on Monday, as we record, so they're going to train on Tuesday before the game, then head up to Leeds, so... Okay. Um, yeah, a few a few things for him to ponder. Um, he also commented on uh, the contract situation. I don't think there was anything major to report in terms of updates, but there was a question about Wayne Routledge, wasn't there? I think. Yeah, I mean, he revealed last week the the talks with Van der Horn, Leroy Fur, and Daniel James, and then obviously Courtney Baker Richardson signed a, a one year deal this week as well. Um, and then obviously that leaves Nar Singh out of contract in the summer. Who? You suspect will be allowed to leave given his wages, and obviously he's not played on the potter yet this season. Wilfred Boney, he'll be out of contract, but obviously he's he's already gone to Al Arabi. So uh, that just leaves the only other one is Wayne Routledge. So you know, 34 years of age, he's he's the oldest member of the current squad. He's the is he second most longest serving behind Nathan Dyer after joining in 2011. So you know, he was he looked for all the world to see to be going in in yeah. January as well. Then he came back into the the first team mix in. 
December, I think it was, at Brentford. And he's proven his worth. You know, he's had a couple of injury problems in the last two, three weeks with a calf problem. But I think of the options that they've got on the wing at the moment, he's looking like one of the ones that you'd say, keep him on. You know, yeah. He knows the club, he's experienced, he's still got his pace given his age, which is a credit to the way he's looked after his um, his body physically. Um, so yeah, I think there's every chance that there could be an extension there. And you know, Potter didn't give any indication that that was imminent or that discussions had even taken place at the moment. But yeah, by all accounts, it's something that could well could well be on the cards, really. Yeah, well, it's a, it's, it's a big week really for them, isn't it? You know, big a big away game, a big test, um, and then obviously the the FA Cup game mm. on the on the weekend. You know, it's uh, and that's a that's a huge opportunity for them. Massive, yeah. I mean, you know, starting it with a win against Millwall just sets them up so so well for this tough period because, you know, if if they go up to Elden Road and lose, as long you know, you hope there's a performance there. But you know, it's, it's no disgrace losing to a top team like that. You'd, you'd like to think that they've got enough in their ranks. You know, you look at the first game where it was a two-all draw. It was one of the most exciting championship games I've watched mm. for well, probably this season. In fairness. Um, chances galore for both teams and it could have been four or five all so it was a great game it was yeah so you know they've got no reasons to, to fear playing Leeds and I don't think they do you just hope that they can deliver and you know if if one or two injury problems you know if, if they happen to be better than we think at the moment McBurney if he's fresh and firing that would be a, a huge plus so yeah it's, it's, it's a big week and you know get a positive result at Leeds that sets them up perfectly for a home game against Championship opposition should in the uh, FA Cup so big big week excellent okay well we'll wrap it up there um, you can have all the latest um, Swansea City news on Wales Online or we're on Twitter at Swansea City Live and search for us uh, on Facebook as well and we'll be back next week thank you cheers all